Guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 26. And this one, my friends, is going to be very unique, very mind-boggling. It's going to challenge everything you know about biblical principles because today's podcast is from David to Goliath, what the Bible teaches us about overcoming business challenges. This uh, is a very unique idea. And, you know, sometimes in... Oh, that's weird. Hold on. The audio is on my computer. There we go. There we go. Be quiet. Sorry about that. So this is going to be a fun one. Ty, what was it that uh, that kind of caught your attention and thought this might be an interesting topic for everybody? You know, I I was talking to a friend, and, and they were saying, what are some of the best entrepreneurial books and sales books you could recommend? And so I'm going through my list, and, you know, I like this one, I like this one, I like this one. I was like, you know what? I wonder if there's someone that's really broken down like all of the sales and entrepreneurial aspects that we can learn from the Bible, right? Because it's an extremely old book. It's a book that has influenced millions and millions of lives, whether you are Christian or not Christian, whether you believe in the Bible, you don't believe in the Bible, even just the, the parables within it are very, very impactful and you can learn a lot from them. So I thought, you know what, based on a lot of our viewers and, and followers, I know that we are obviously both Christian and, and people of faith. And I thought, you know what, let's, let's talk about the Bible and break down what we can learn from the Bible. Amen. And, you know, there, it's important to remember that the United States of America was founded on Judeo-Christian principles that are real principles that lead to success, happiness, better families, etc. And in some circles of the media in 2023, maybe those Christian principles are not as popular as they ought to be because they are proven. They have millennia of solutions and better lives behind them uh, when people truly make an effort to you know live uh, live like uh, Jesus did in the New Testament or you know even some of the uh, the folks in the Old Testament a lot of different stories a lot of things you can learn in those that you can apply to your life so let's break these down kind of uh, very similar to Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life we've got the 12 biblical principles from David to Goliath that uh, teach us how to overcome business challenges as entrepreneurs and small business owners. So, Ty, what is principle number one? Yeah, principle one. And this comes from Ken Gosnell. It was an awesome post I found on LinkedIn, so I want to make sure I'm giving Ken credit. I don't know you, Ken, Ken, but fantastic read here. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Principle one, and I almost wonder that that one more book that we were, yeah. were talking about. Oh, I, I, I wonder one, if yeah. that's where he found his inspiration because be. principle number one is always take the second step. And it comes from Matthew five forty one. If someone forces you to go with them one mile, go with them two miles, mm, I like which that. is the one more mentality. It, it is. So go a little further, always do more than anticipated and expected. Surprise others by paying attention to the little things that others don't be different. And yeah, very, very interesting because there's so many times that you're starting a business, you're going through a challenge and you just kind of want to be done. You just want to hang it up for the day, hang it up for the weeks, you know, cut off, uh, you know, and this happens to you. How often are you working on your business? You're sitting there in front of your computer and all of a sudden, I'm going to go to ESPN.com or I'm going to go to social media and just mindlessly scroll, not doing it for any purpose. It's not productive. It's not helping my business. It's not solving the problem and the challenge right in front of my face. I just want to kind of get away from it. And that idea of doing one more thing, of pushing through it, how much do you think that's a difference between success and failure? Oh, I, I think it has everything to do with success and failure. And, and I think the hard part for people, Leo, is that they always want that one more. If I'm going to push the extra mile, I'm going to go one more mile. They want that to have the immediate impact. And we talk a lot about delayed gratification, and it's the same concept of working out. That one more rep, that one more set isn't going to do anything. 
but the last 30 days, the last six, you know, six months, the last year of those one more reps compound compounded together are going to make all the difference. So it's, it's understanding that not every single one more experience is always going to be this life changing thing, but you never know which one will. And you never know what kind of compounding effect they may have. I mean, for you, Leo, you, you think about your life, your personal life, your business life. Do you have an example of when that one more has made a massive impact in your life? A hundred percent. And I can think about, I remember it as clear as, as yesterday. And it was, uh, it was in like uh, March or April, right after the pandemic had started. And we had like 12 live events, which represented 60, 70% of our business. Those events were canceled. There was incredible uncertainty. There was fear uh, I remember, uh, you know, one of our employees who's no longer with us was asking for a raise. I'm like, oh, my word, we're having the worst month ever, and you want a raise? <laughs> so those were the things that were taking place, and it was one of those weird days or the end of a week, like a Thursday or Friday, and the pandemic was full-fledged, and, and people had so much uh you know, uncertainty, fear going on in their lives. There was fear in Utah around, uh, you know, for sure in our office. And for whatever reason, I remember some of our team was gone for the week, uh, maybe on a vacation that they planned, and they somehow were able to still go on that even in the middle of the pandemic. And so I remember it was like me and maybe just a couple of our other uh, folks in the office, and you were going back and forth, you know, working your full-time job and helping build the company. And there I was, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to go sit at home, right? We're not even supposed to be in the office. And so, but I'm like, you know what, there's got to be, um, there's probably some deals there that I can call. And so I looked at some of our deals that were pre-approved, that were good deals, and I'm like, why didn't these move forward? So I started calling through them and texting them. And I called this lady named Jen, one of the sweetest ladies ever. She answered, and she had come to us from a lead source who was teaching people how to start CBD businesses. And so I said, wow, you've got this great pre-approval. Uh, it looks like we just need to get uh, this one credit card paid down, and you'll qualify for a bunch of money, can get this business off the ground, and you can start your CBD business. And she said, well, well, actually, I'm not really interested in doing that CBD business. And so I was like, oh, bummer. Maybe she doesn't want funding now. And then she's like, but I've got this new Amazon business idea, and there's a training course, and you need money for inventory, and this could be this is exactly what I need. I said, perfect, great. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you a loan. We're going to pay that card down. Your credit score is going to jump 30, 40 points. And then we'll get you a bunch of money at 0% interest up to 18 months. So she was super excited. We went through the process. And she was literally like the last call. I was just, oh, I got to call one more. I, gotta, I can't go until I find that deal. I get, there's a deal in here. I got to find it before I go home. And she turned into a deal. Not only did she turn into a deal, but she said, hey, I've been working with this couple that's teaching me how to build an Amazon business. They just had a baby. They're really cute, awesome people. And I'm like, oh, cool. What's their name? What's the name of their business? She, oh, it's Stephen and Chelsea. I'm like, oh, I started looking it up. I started messaging them. And about a month later, we did a, a conference call. And then a couple months after that, you were golfing in St. George, and you did a big uh, online workshop for this group. We funded, we had a record month in July, like four months after the pandemic started. And every month after that, we grew and grew and grew. And so that one more was literally, I think, the difference between success and failure. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you think about that one more, Leo, and the kind of revenue that it's generated for our company. It's it's literally given us the ability to hire a handful of people. It's given those people the confidence to start families, to buy homes, and it's it, it all ties back to that decision, that time to make that one more phone call. And, and the one more mentality is it's habitual, right? You've got to get into the habit of extra effort. And, you know, even for those of you that feel like, oh, I don't have that awesome example like Leo just shared, sometimes that, that the fact that you always take one more step, you always go one more mile is helping you more than you realize when you're facing trials and you're facing hard times in your life. Mentally, you know, you can get through this because you've pushed yourself to limits. You've you've gotten over and gotten through hard things and, and trials in the past. So I, I think principle one, take the extra step is, is imperative for entrepreneurs. So let's move on. Principle number two, this is my favorite. The golden rule 
it works if you work it. So that being said, funny enough, we actually did a, a training on this last night when people are saying, Ty, how do you, uh, how are you finding clients for the employee retention credit? What are you doing? I say, well, I'm, I'm practicing what I believe, what I call reciprocity, which kind of is the golden rule. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. So it's the concept of I'm going and supporting other businesses. And guess what? Shockingly, they want to support me back. It's do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's the golden rule, right? Give us some examples because you had some awesome examples that you and Marie, your wife, uh, were doing to help these business owners. And I think a lot, and a lot of you, of course, are in the business finance space. Maybe you're in one of our funding uh, partner programs or you're a coach, consultant, trainer. I thought this was super powerful how we don't realize how many small businesses we actually engage with on a weekly basis and how easy it can be to just help them, whether it's with financing or just trying to be helpful, whatever product service you offer, finding a solution for them. And, and I really, I just felt it was simple yet powerful how you guys are doing that. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I think about the golden rule in business and, and there's two different examples that come to mind and how this has impacted me. The first one actually comes down, I, I do a lot of real estate and, and home projects and whatnot. And Juan, who's, who's actually done, done some work for you. He's he become sure a did. really, really good friend of mine. And the very first project he ever did for me, um, I, he finished working one day, and I go outside, and I, he just kind of looked bummed. He looked a little upset, and he said, yeah, I, I sing on the side. He does, like, mariachi stuff, oh, and, and he's that. a performer, and all of his singing he does from an iPad. Like, that's how he sees his, his lyrics, I guess, is, yeah. is what you'd call it. And so he's all bummed because his iPad got smashed that day. So I got thinking, you know what, he's he's finishing the job in the next day or two, I know he doesn't have a lot of money. I'm going to go buy him an iPad and give it to him as a as a bonus once he finished the project. And so this, again, the very first project he ever did for me. And I, I bought him an iPad and surprised him with it. And he damn near was, was crying when I gave it to him. But we have since then become fantastic friends. He does work for me at a fraction of what other organizations would charge me or other uh, contractors would charge me. He's constantly bringing new deals, new ideas, like there's, there's just a lot of synergy there. And it was me doing a kind act that impacted one. And now we're friends and I get great, great deals. And I think we'll work together for a long time. Um, so that that's how it's helped me in the real estate realm. But from what we were talking about last night with the ERC, it's even something much more simple than that. What we're doing is my wife and I will go to a restaurant, we'll order something. And then once we're done, we go home, we're going to send that that restaurant a direct message and say, Hey, we went there last night. We ate this. It was fantastic. Compliments to the chef type thing. By the way, we, we, we really loved your restaurant and what you're doing. We want to help out. Have you gotten the employee retention credit? Do you know what that is? And we're getting a lot of responses. Thank you so much. I'm glad you loved it. And guess what? Now they feel there's trust, there's relationship, and they're more than happy to go forward and work with us. It's the golden rule. A hundred percent. And just looking for a way to help someone. And sometimes you get on one of those calls with someone, with someone who could be a potential strategic partner or client, and you get on there and you learn pretty quickly, well, actually, you're not going to be able to help them for whatever the reason is, but you still do help them. You still, as a successful business owner, as someone who's maybe a little bit further down the path in the journey, you give them some sort of solution to whatever problem that they're dealing with, even though you're not going to make a dime doing it. And that kind of positive juju, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, comes back to you, and it comes back to you all the time. And so when you just go into something, how can I help somebody? I remember when I had uh, Tony Robbins... uh, uh, one of his uh, first coach uh, mentors, Jim Britt, on, on the podcast, and he said, if you just go into every conversation saying, how can I just help somebody, uh, you'll be able to help a lot of people and make a lot of money. You think about the people who are really positive influences, they always just go out to just help somebody. When you do that, it all that positive karma comes full circle, and it always ends up benefiting you way more than you would ever think. And I think that's a powerful concept that you can live by. Absolutely. I mean, trust is such an important aspect of, of sales and impacting people. And one of the best ways to build trust is, is to serve, to, to help them. And so I, I love principle number two. Principle number three, you know, it's funny. This is something that in all of our sales trainings, we talk about as the most important, right? Trust is important. 
the most important part of sales in my in, in my understanding is you've got to find the pain and then once you find the pain you can get into the why right pain and why have a lot to do with each other so principle 3 is focus on profit with a purpose the purpose is your why you've got to know your priorities live life and run your business with purpose and vision right i love that word vision is so powerful here when we talk about knowing our purpose but profit is powerful profit can be used well can lead if it's used well it can lead to uh to both success and the ability to help other people. I know that's something that I feel strongly about. If you're using your profit to help other people, then you're constantly going to find ways to make more profit. I definitely believe in that principle. But, you know, Leo, that's something that you've done a really, really good job on. Like my first day, even coming into the office full time, there was your visions were all over the wall. I mean, how, how do you think that's impacted our business? It's so important because we think about, you know, one of the previous businesses uh, that we were involved with that uh, I think is maybe coming to an end here. And, and it didn't, it wasn't built on a foundation of values and principles. And that's, that's what's missing in 2023 with so many different families. And right now there's kind of a push to kind of go away from biblical principles. And yet everybody who's built on a foundation of biblical principles, like these are principles for success in life. And so if you don't have your values and principles written down, if they're not on the wall where everybody can see them, then all of a sudden when you're faced with a decision that might go against what you actually stand for, well, now it's a little easier to kind of, oh, maybe we should do this. Maybe it'll make us more money in the short term. But almost always those short-sighted decisions like that that go against your values and principles will never work out in the long run. And so you think about, you know, one of our core principles is being accountable, doing what you say you're going to do. It's the first one that we put together and put up on the wall. And that means a lot. And so when somebody comes here to work for us at Seven Figures Funding, they know the compensation plan is not going to change. We're not going to pull the rug out from underneath them. We're going to follow through. And same thing with strategic partners that we work with. Like we're going to follow through and do what we promised we're going to do. And if some extraordinary thing happens outside of our control, we're going to be accountable about it, apologize and move forward for solutions. And that's exactly what the vision and the purpose comes down to. You have to have written values and principles, and then you have to live by them. There's nothing worse. And boy, you, you find this out as your kids get older, man. You find this out. Like if you tell your kids, you better do this, you better do this. The first time you don't follow through with you, what you've been preaching to them, all of a sudden they will point it out in a hurry. And the same thing is true of your team at work. If you're preaching one thing about how to serve the client and how to serve with a greater purpose and vision and then all of a sudden you make short-sighted decisions that are not in the best interest of your client they might short-term make you more money but i promise in the long run it will never work out better for you and you will not have the word of mouth you will not grow you will not have the reputation and that's why those values and principles are so important absolutely and it's so important that your team knows and understands the values and principles that this business is built upon because if they don't resonate with those and they can't live by those, then it's not the right fit. And you look at our team today, it's very, very rare that people come into our company and leave, right? Our, our turnover is very, very, very low. But you look at those, there's, there's been two or three that have decided to leave. And, and guess what? They're not that they're bad people, but we had different principles. We had different missions and things happen for a reason. And I think you've done a great job of making it very clear. This is what we do. This is what we believe. And either you're all for this or this isn't the company for you. Exactly right. And don't be afraid to, you know, cut ties with people that don't share your values and principles. It's, it's interesting. You know, there are people that come into your lives and some of them just create negative energy. They're a drag. Everything's negative. It's complaining, it's blaming. And so one of the things you've got to do, whether you want to you know, succeed in life and business, et cetera, is you need to go away from those negative energies. And it's very, very true and apparent. Like that's what, uh, you know, and, and you want to be careful about uh, how you do that. Uh, but it's important to be in the right situation, the right environment with people who share your values and principles. If you're out there, you know, at a company, you're trying to build something and they don't, and everything's uncomfortable and the way they're doing things and the way they're treating others, like don't stand for that. Like stand up, you know, have non-negotiable principles and values and move forward with those and remove the people and the things in your life that don't align with those. Awesome. And, and that's a perfect, 
perfect lead into principle number four, know your yeses and know your noes, which comes down to being decisive and making great decisions, making decisions based on your values and being just impeccable with your word, right? If, if you sell, if you tell someone you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And, you know, sad, I, I hate to admit this, but this is something you've held me accountable to a, a few different times. Like we've signed a contract with a group and they've kind of maybe done something, even though it was half-assed and I've blatantly been like, no, that's bullshit. We're not paying them. And you said, you know, we agreed to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to pay them and then we'll cut ties and never work with them again. So um, definitely something that you've preached. And I, I think, again, fulfilling our commitments just comes down to as leaders of organizations, we have to be impeccable with our word. And it will come back to benefit you so much when you do. I can think of the times where I had some non-negotiables, and I did. I did compromise on those. I didn't stick to them. And every time I have, I've always regretted it. And so now I don't even worry. I, whenever you're faced with a difficult decision, it's like, does this decision that I'm about to make is this decision I'm going to actually make, does that align with my values and principles? So if I'm somebody who says I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, even if you know the other party maybe doesn't follow through, well, I'm going to go ahead and follow through and do what I said and promised. And then, yeah, I'm probably going to cut ties afterwards because they're not you know doing their end. But we're going to do everything on our end and, and do exactly what we said we're going to do. And it's the same thing, uh, too, with how, you, how you're going to react to a problem, right? Let's say you're de- dealt with a really tough client. No matter what you do, you just can't please them. Well, you can uh, you know, dive into the negativity and, and call them names, and, and they're obviously not being fair with you, and that happens all the time. Or you can react, uh, you know, what, one of our values is being optimistic, uh, even in the face of adversity and difficulty and not whine and complain. And, and I'm not going to make love to the problem. I'm going to focus on, on that solution. And when you have true values and principles that are yours, that you've made your own, that you didn't just copy from someone, now when you're dealt with that difficult decision, it's easy to make that decision because you already know the values and principles that you stand for, and that makes life easier. Uh, there's a book by Ray Dalio called Principles. And he basically has all these different principles that he makes decisions on. One of them that uh, really caught my attention is if you worry about something, then you don't have to worry about it. And so basically, if you're someone who, um, you know, you know, you've got this concern or this worry about some aspect of your life or your business, let's say, for example, you're really concerned about your marketing. Well, because you're concerned about it, you actually long-term don't have to because you know you're always going to be focused on making sure you've got great marketing. Or if you're really focused in on your technology and you're really worried about that, then you actually don't have to worry about it. And But if you ever get to the point where you know, you, you know, there's, there's something that happens. And, and here, here's an example. Let's say you, let's say you had your money at Silicon Valley bank and you're like, oh, I'm not worried about my bank. My bank's always fine. But you don't have that concern. You don't have a principle like that. Well, you actually are going to have to worry because they, your money might not be backed up. It, something might go wrong. And so there's principles that you can live your life by. And, and I'd say what's most important is write those down. And, and uh, that you might take a principle from someone you like and someone else you like, but, but try and make it your own. Write it down in a unique way that really means something to you. And then where you have principles and values in your business, well, you sure as heck better have them in your family, right? There should be principles and values, you know, in your home and your kids know, hey, this is what we stand for. This is who our family is. This is who the Cannell family is. This is how we live. You know, we lead, we love, all those different things. That's... That's something that uh, that I learned from Patrick Bet David. He's got these values and principles in his own home. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as human beings, we are we're slaves to our habits, and oftentimes habits are built in the home. So it's it's very important that our principles and our beliefs and and how we act and represent ourselves go from the home to the to the workplace. Principle number five: make the move from owner to overseer. Practice steward leadership now. Leo, if there's a, you know, someone watching this younger generation, maybe they haven't been super active and, okay. you know, steward yeah, is not yeah, something yeah. that you hear unless you've grown yeah. up going to church or reading the Bible. What, what is steward leadership? So in the New Testament, there's this famous parable about the talents, right? And one person is given one talent and it's really, it's money. 
Yeah. Right. It's a form of money, some coins. Here's one talent to you. Here's two to you. Here's five to you. And so the Lord, the owner of the house, gives these uh, talents, this money to his servants. And he's like, hey, you know what? I've got to go on a journey for the next three to six months. You know, I got to get on that ship and go make this deal. And then I'm going to come back. And when I come back, I want to see that you were profitable and resourceful with this money that I'm handing over to you. And so there's the famous story of, you know, the the guy who uh, got two and he turned it into two. There's the famous story of the guy that got five, a girl, and, and, and he or she turned it into five more. And so they were they worked hard. Uh, I remember uh, one of them was like uh, building these little, this little tiny uh, wood plank to be able to help people cross the river, and he would, he would charge a little bit of money, so just creating little businesses, just helping others and and growing it while they're gone, and uh, and then there's a guy that oh, you know, I, I don't want to lose it, so he literally buries it, and when the master comes home, he's like, hey, here it is, I, I didn't uh, didn't lose it, and 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 the master's like, no, that. It's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be. So there's like this idea of, number one, you don't want to be wasteful with it. And this happens all the time in business, right? You start a business and you start thinking, oh, it's a write-off. I'm just going to get this thing. I'm going to just you know, pay for this expensive uh, event and, and travel and go stay at this expensive hotel because it's a write-off. And it actually isn't doing anything for your business. You're being a poor steward or manager of these resources and money to actually grow your business. And these, these mistakes will add up massively. And so as someone who we're in America, we're in the biggest opportunity the promised land where you you there's there's only one american dream right like there's not uh, an australian dream there's sure as heck not a chinese dream right there is one dream in this world and it's the american dream and so you've got this unique opportunity to create your dream life here in america and if you waste your time on the opportunity then you'll be very sad when you get old on on your deathbed because you can't start that business. You can't have that family. You can't spend the time that you want to when you have the opportunity to do it. And so that's what it means to me to be a good steward. Yeah, as a steward, what they say is be ready to give an answer for all your decisions and seek to hear the words, well done. Mm, so I like that. Principle number six, uh, trust the law of sowing and reaping. Sow beautifully, be generous with your seeds, plant daily, be constantly trying new things. Don't be afraid to start small and and practice patience. So from a business standpoint, explain the law of sowing and reaping. What does sowing and reaping have to do with our business? And, And I like this a lot because what happens in business is you have an idea, something that you think is going to work, and too often you start it And then you give up when you were on the brink of succeeding with it and move on to something else with shiny object syndrome. And so, for example, that could be one of the opportunities in business today is content. And so if you create good content, you might not see a return on that for a minute, right? You might be creating videos or maybe you're doing a blog and you're getting it out there and you're not sure, or maybe you started a podcast, right? You started a podcast uh, to deliver value, to share all the things that have worked in your business or that you're an expert on to help your client and partner. And you don't necessarily see a return on that right away. And if you give up on it too soon, it's the same thing as planting a seed And well, you know, for two weeks, I planted it, I watered it, I weeded it, I took care of it. And, you know, it had a little tiny sprout. I just was, I just lost patience. I just, I just stopped taking care of it and it died. But the person who understands that, that seed can turn into a massive oak tree or fruit tree one to two years from now, three to five years from now, and they have a longer term horizon. And so that's where having a a bigger, longer term vision, understand you reap what you sow, but what happens too often, people give up too quickly or they choose the wrong seed because you do have to have the right seed. If you really are working hard and for three months, boy, that seed's not sprouting at all, then maybe we need to try something different, right? Maybe that marketing tactic didn't work. Maybe that salesperson we hired and thought was going to be a good fit didn't end up fitting with our values and principles. And we have to shake hands and move on to somebody who does. And so it's kind of both sides, but more often than not, we give up too soon. We were doing the right thing because we didn't want to take care of the seed and watch it turn into a beautiful tree. 
Exactly. We we live in a generation of instant gratification. Oh, yeah. The sad truth is if you need instant gratification, you're probably planting weeds because that's about the only thing that gives you an instant plan. You know, it's kind of interesting. I kind of look at it like what we're doing with the employee retention credit. Right now we're spending... We're spending a ton of money, right? We're spending twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars in marketing budget every month on this business model. And we're we're building a pipeline. We're spending, we're paying out commissions and and uh, money to our, our staff that are working so hard to get this uh, program out to small business owners. And the small business owners are doing the same thing. They're getting us the documents. And we're building this pipeline, and we're sowing and sowing and working hard to take care of that seed. And it may not bring fruit for four to six months. Yeah. So we're going all in with this. It may not build fruit, bring fruit for four to six months, but we know it's going to. And that's a lot of uh, what business is about. Uh, Maybe you're creating a new marketing campaign. We're creating a new marketing campaign to connect with more business coaches, consultants, trainers, marketing agencies. And it's been taking like, I don't know how many hours I put towards this and how much money we put towards it with video ads and the sales funnel and click funnels and all these different things that you put together. And I, I build out a 20 page free booklet that we're sending out and nothing has come of it yet, but I know it's going to. Yeah. No, I, I love that principle, the the law of sowing and reaping. It's very important in businesses, especially startups. It's so important. So oh, yeah. principle seven, believe and ask for the impossible. Okay. And, and this is something that they, they absolutely talk a lot about in the Bible, but dream big, impossible dreams, set big personal and spiritual goals, stretch yourself and your team. I think it's so important that we we do set these big goals. We do set these stretch goals. We put them out there in the universe. And, you know, if, if say you did a hundred thousand this year and you decide I'm going to set my goal to do a million dollars next year and, and you only get halfway there, well, guess what? You just went from a hundred thousand to 500,000 oh, yeah. and you didn't meet your goal. But by having that big, big stretch goal, you were able to grow tremendously. And that's something that we've absolutely practiced in our business and we've set really big goals and sometimes we don't achieve that those goals but by having those numbers out there and those figures out there that we're constantly striving for we've grown as a team no question most of the time we don't think big enough we don't think that we have the capability but i can tell you and especially people of faith right i'll see an entrepreneur uh, you know a kingdom builder whatever you want to call it and someone who has this big dream and they weren't any smarter than I was. They weren't any more hardworking, but they just thought big on a different level, and they experienced amazing success because of it, because they just had this faith of, of thinking bigger. And one of the most successful business entrepreneur titans of all time in the, you know, in the history of the world in America is John D. Rockefeller, and there's good things and bad things uh, written about him, but here's what I do know about him. I know he followed through with every pro- with most of the promises, if not all, that he made to his employees. I know he paid them better than the competition within his industry did. And I know that he had amazing faith. I mean, this was a guy who went to church every Sunday. Uh, he and his wife, I think, had uh, four kids. And he gave away a lot of money to charity. He was building churches and libraries and all these different things. He became the most wealthy person in the world, probably in the history of the world. And he did that because he felt this call and this vision that he could do it and he was supposed to do it. And he had all this faith and just a guy who thought really big. And there's a lot of different examples of that, uh, you know, in the world today. I think of, you know, sometimes in sports, I think of someone like, uh, you know, a Tim Tebow, who maybe naturally wasn't the best throwing quarterback, but uh, he became a Heisman Trophy winner. He was, you know, one of the most uh, recognized uh, faces and people of faith out there. And he's been successful in so many different avenues and somebody who just naturally thought big. And his parents were wealthy. They were like missionaries in the Philippines. Like, and, and that's just another example of where you can come from anything if you think big enough and have enough faith. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was principle number seven. Uh, believe and ask for the impossible. Now, principle number eight, build to the fourth generation. And kind of breaking that down, what that means is is prepare for the future by making the, the correct decision today. And 
knowing your foundation. It, it kind of comes back to some things that we've previously talked about, but you can't just have tunnel vision on what has worked for you in the past because guess what? Things change, things evolve, especially in this tech world we live in now. If, if you're not changing, you're not adapting, you're going to get left in the dust like that. So true. And we were kind of talking about this on a previous podcast where when you're kind of faced with these these big decision points, these forks in the roads, it really is the decision of, well, we can keep on doing what we're doing, status quo, we're going to get very regular results and maybe even start to go down, or we can take this risk that has a much bigger potential and the opportunity, and you know what happens if we don't take that bigger risk? Nothing. Nothing happens, right? You never create that business that you want. You know, you you never create that family that you want. You never make that impact that you want if you're not willing to take that risk. And I like what they're saying here. Work on big seven-year projects. The Bible has these stories about being prepared and, and doing things in increments of seven years. And what happens, again, in the instant gratification age that we live in is we're very short-sighted. And you'll see this with businesses Businesses that are big, you know, publicly traded companies that make short-sighted decisions that make them look good to investors for the next three to six months and three to five years end up taking them down. Maybe that's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and some of these other uh, bank failures is they made short-term decisions that on the short term looked good, but if they'd had a longer-term horizon, they would have been much more successful in the country of Japan there are a number of businesses that have been in business hundreds of years, if you can it's believe wild. that. And the reason they do is because they have this very long-term horizon. There are certain families like the Rockefellers who have been successful in many different aspects and still have extreme wealth because they have a longer-term horizon and that's what you'll see with successful people. If you can understand and make a commitment, hey, I'm going to be in one industry for the next 15 to 20 years, and I'm going to learn everything I can about it, and you'll find solutions in different ways. We started out in business finance years ago, and I didn't know exactly, you know, how we would go, where we would, how we could become a hundred million dollar billion dollar company. And now we're seeing how we can do that with our fintech app, my figures that we're building out. And uh, going to a, a big uh, fintech event, connecting up with more fintech companies, virtual um, venture capital companies. And it's because you make that pivot to think bigger. It, exactly. Exactly. You can't get comfortable as a business owner. You can't get stagnant. I mean, a perfect example. Um, I, I, I'm sad to admit this, but we we tried a different promo company recently to build us some some signs and, and make us some t-shirts and hats and whatnot. And Obviously, we're not huge, but we, we send them a lot of business. And so we tried this other one out because I've got a family member that works there. And the owner of this company is kind of on the tail end of his career. He's, he's owned the company for a really long time, and he's, he's getting pretty close to retirement. And so they're very old-fashioned. When it came time to pay for our signs and pay for our shirts and pay for our hats, I get an email saying, here's your invoice. I said, great. Can you send me a link? I, I want to get this paid. They said, no, I, I, I can't say, we don't have the ability to do that. I said, well, what, how do you, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, you can fill out this authorization form. And they send me a, a Microsoft Word document. So I'm like, well, what do you mean? Do you want me to like, do you want me to print it and handwrite it and then email my credit card information back over to you? Like, what's going on here? How, how do other people pay? Like, well, usually they just call us and give you, give a card and give card information. I'm like, hey, well, that you know, I, like literally, I I sent a, a message to my family members said, "Hey, I don't know if you know this, but it is 2023, and you have the capability of sending me a text message with a link that I can click on and pay with saved card information in my phone. Like, can I help you set that up?" And she said, "You know, it's something I've brought to the attention many many times. The owner just doesn't want to change. Guess what? They lost our business. I'll I'm not going back there until they make some changes. And it's it's little things like that. And call me lazy because I don't want to." give someone a phone call and enter credit card information, but that's just time in my day. And we've evolved past that. It doesn't have to happen anymore. So if you're a business owner, you're watching, figure out how to get with the times because I promise you are losing clients if you're not keeping up with the times and getting those little features that make people's lives easier implemented into your business. 
Yeah, put yourself in the client's shoes. Put yourself in your strategic partner's shoes. What can you do to make their life easier? And that's why we have every way possible for someone to pay us, whether it's Amex, Discover, any credit card, Visa, MasterCard, ACH, Wire, PayPal, Venmo. We'll take any payment, any way, because we want to make it as easy as possible for our client. And they get it in a text format. They yes. get it in an email oh, format, wait. right? It's the worst thing, wait, I'm going to have to call up. I might be on hold. Maybe it takes me five times to get through to you because you're on another phone call. <laughs> like, this is just very inefficient. It's like people who just call out and just think they're going to be able to get something done when you should be using calendar links. If you're using a sales process and you just want people to call in randomly, very inefficient, you should be using calendar links so that the calendar is very well organized. Everybody knows what the expectations are when the call's taking place. If you're just telling people to just call in whenever, uh, it's going to be very ineffective. You know what I hate, Leo? It's like I'm, I'm done with it forever. I'm committing right now that I'll never do this again. The email that's like, send me four or five times that work for you. I'm like, no, shit, here we go. Well, no, I've got this time and this no. time and this time. And the response is, ah, none of those work for me. How about this time or this time or this time? I'm like, well, I just sent you the ones that work for me. So no, those don't work. Like how about you click on my damn calendar link yeah. and pick it Here's the calendar link, bro. The days click of send me four times that work, please be done with it. Silly. It's over, guys. It's madness. It's over. Principle number nine, know the order oh, of things and work the order. You want to take that one? I think it's all about sequencing, right? There's a, you know, there's a book called Your Next Five Moves that uh, Patrick David, one of our mentors, uh, put out. And it's doing things in the right order. If you're trying to do move five when you should be doing move one, well, that's not going to work out very well. And so it's almost like if we try to, you know, oh, we're just going to uh, be a fintech company and try and go raise some money right at the beginning, but we actually didn't have any experience in the industry. We didn't have anything built out. We had no reputation. We had no sales. Kind of be very, very difficult, especially in today's environment, to do that. If you're not already an established business owner and you're trying to raise, you know, serious venture capital money, like it's very difficult in today's world. And so everything has to be done with the right sequence. And so, you know, for us, I think about, so one of the things that I wanted to go all in with and do really well was content, but guess what? We had to pay the bills. We had to generate sales. We had to get strategic partners. So we could have made an investment of tens of thousands of dollars to create content, knowing that, well, it might take one to two or three years to really see results from content. It wasn't the right time. We needed to make an investment in our funding partner portal so that our partners could track their clients and feel confident that their clients were going to be taken care of, they were going to be paid on them, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the first investments we made was in that partner portal. Now, would I have loved for us to have you know, a better office? Would I have loved for us to have more equipment? Would I have loved for us to have more online presence and content sure but it wasn't the right time to do it it wasn't the right sequence so you have to do move one first then two then three then build up to that if you try to go from one to five then you're going to be very disappointed and so that's why i feel like it's the order of things there's a natural order and you can't skip the steps absolutely and you can even break that down to like a day a daily basis, right? You oh, prioritization yes. is, is very, very important. And, you know, different mentors teach different concepts. I know Alex Ramosi talks about that a lot, like setting priorities and deciding what deserves your attention and what doesn't. And, you know, for me, I, I throw everything on a calendar, even if it's not an appointment at that time, I'll put it down at the bottom of the calendar. And if I put it in Miami Dolphins Aqua Blue, I know that's got to get done that day. And if it's I like you color. know red, then it's great. something I probably not today, but I've got to get to it this week, and I'll just keep keep dragging it. So it's a matter of like getting your priorities right. So principle ten: improve your team to improve your organization. And mm -hmm. that same goes with your business. Same goes with your family. We're all part of teams. We're all part of organizations, and. If you want to improve your life, then improve the life of those that are around you. I think that's the easiest way to do it. It's really good. I mean, I, I just think of the New Testament and like you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, right? You have to build a team. If you don't ever build a team, 
then you're always going to just be limited to whatever actions you could take. And you go on vacation, you're not going to be making any money because you didn't build a team. And what most people fail to do in building a team is they don't create the culture, they don't have that foundation of values and principles, and then they don't help their team get better. And this is, this is a serious commitment and something that we're constantly striving to make improvements at. And so there should be weekly training, there should be online courses, there should be content, there should be internal training, there should be mentoring. And so if you look at the New Testament, well, what did Jesus do? He spent time with his apostles and disciples, and he trained them up. And served them. And he served them. He was a servant leader. Let me wash your feet. Let me show you how this is done, right? Let me do all of the little things and show you how I take care of you is how you should take care of others. And so it's the same thing. If your team is watching you and you don't take great care of a client or a partner or them, then that's going to trickle down and Jesus did such an amazing job, obviously, that when he left and, you know, died and, and was resurrected, well, guess what? It became the largest religion in the world, Christianity did, because he had taught his disciples and apostles so well that it spread just from how he taught them. Amen. Leo, I, I am a firm, firm, firm believer that fear-based leadership will get you short-term performance, short-term results. But if you can learn to effectively lead with love, that's when you can start to change lives and, and impact people and get top production out of, out of your team because they know that you have their best interest in mind and you genuinely love and care about them. Um, principle 11. Let's skip this one because it says do things today that will impact today and tomorrow. I feel like we already we, went over that. We did cover that one a few um, times. And then principle 12, work to well done. Oh, Excellent work is worthy work. What are your thoughts on that? So it says, do everything for a bigger purpose and a nobler cause. Innovate, always improve, strive to make products. This is kind of like our relentless focus. Uh, one of our values and principles that we have on the wall is relentless. There's a book uh, by Tim Grover, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant's uh, trainer called Relentless. And it's this non, never-ending pursuit to create something better. And so as I think about this, number one, in a business sense, I'm thinking about how can we deliver more value and a better experience to our client? What sets you apart from the competition? We were sitting there um, at an event, uh, was that just last year? Whenever it was, a year or two ago, I think it was last year, was it Tony? Tony Robbins was speaking. Two years. And, and he brings this guy on stage and he's like, hey, Tell me what sets your business apart from the competition. And the gentleman appeared to be a successful financial planner, but he couldn't come up with one reason really or something unique that set them apart from others. And that's what you must do. You must have something that sets yourself apart from the competition. And so as an example for us, when it comes to providing the best business finance options for small business owners, well, hey, we're going to, we have a soft credit check. It's not going to hurt your credit. Your bank doesn't have that. Okay, that's one thing, right? We're going to not only, you know, get you uh, financing options, we're going to guarantee to get you the best options you qualify for and that exist on the marketplace. Your bank can't do that, right? They just have SBA, and if you don't qualify too bad, we can. We have every option on the marketplace. Boom, sets us apart. You know what? Not only are we going to do that, but we're going to educate and empower you because no one taught us about credit and money in school and college. That's what our job is. Not only will we get you the financing, we're going to set you up for success, teach you up personal credit, business credit, everything you need to succeed. And you know what? Gosh dang it, Ty, we've got to go further. Let's create the best fintech company possible, myfigures.com, where you can manage all your stuff in one place. You can manage your cash flow. You can get automated funding options. You can log into one place instead of 25 to manage your bank accounts, loans, line of credit. Constantly, what can we do? How can we deliver more? How can we have a better customer experience? And if you're not relentlessly pursuing that, I promise you someone else is, and they're going to kick your butt if you don't provide more value. Absolutely. It, it's interesting. I'm going to explain this here because about two weeks ago, we were closing on our house and we ran into speed bump after speed bump after speed bump. And we finally got it done, but to get it done, we had to do a short-term hard money that all said and done will probably cost me an extra 20 to 25,000. And I was already 
taking a lot more cash than I was comfortable with and, and feeling a little over leveraged and just very, very stressed and anxious. And I, for the first time in a long time, didn't like my job last week. It was really weird. Like I went home on Friday feeling very down. It was like this week sucked. Like I, I didn't, I didn't like what I was doing and I was sitting and, and breaking it down and being like, what, what on earth is going on? Like I've, I haven't had financial stress like this. I haven't felt like this in a really long time. And I was talking to Marie on, I think it was Monday night. Yeah. It was just a, a few days ago. I was saying, you know what? I, I finally, for the first time in a long time, realized that I lost touch with the reason why I'm doing this. Like my motto this year which I, I told you, I told the entire team at the end of your party, I said, transcend for the greater good. And I realized that when I was talking to these clients, instead of thinking about the businesses that they were building and the jobs that they were creating and the employees that they were hiring, families that b- were being impacted, instead of thinking about that, I was so focused on the commission I was going to make from that deal because I was feeling overwhelmed and stressed about my current financial situation. And all of a sudden, the first time in a long time, I didn't like my job. And I realized, you know what, if I can shift that mindset and just get back to the greater good, what am I doing for these people? Who gives a rat's ass if my commission on this deal is 100 or 10,000? I'm going to give my all to this client. I shift that mindset and guess what? I come home Monday so excited and I love my job again to the point I couldn't sleep. I text you Tuesday morning. I was here in the office at 6.30 a.m. You were. That was Because I, I was so anxious and, and motivated and excited to get after it again and And it literally is that simple. If you're struggling in sales and you're sitting here focused on your commission and what you're not making and how you're struggling, shift that mindset and think about the client and what they're going to do and what they're going to create and how you're going to help them and their employees and their employees' families. I promise your life will change and you will change way more lives because of it. Amen. Amen to that, guys. Serve others. Take the focus off of yourself. Learn to help a lot of people provide more value than what everyone else does. And not only will you be very happy, but your bank account will be happy. Your family will be happy. Deliver more value and you will win. Awesome. Well, Leo, I, I love that episode. I thought that was a lot of fun. And, that was uh, a lot of fun. You know, it, it, I'm excited to get the little clips of this and start to do more research yeah, and, and find like verses and whatnot. But Hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, we talked about the 12 principles that you can actually learn from the Bible as an entrepreneur. So any final thoughts there? Hey, principles and values lead to success. They lead to foundation. And and it's like that. It's like, hey, maybe a principle that you want to implement in your life is every time I'm getting stressed and anxious, it's usually because I'm focused on myself. I'm going to have this principle where I'm going to focus on delivering a wonderful solution, the best solution experience to my customer or client and to my team. And if I can do that, success will follow and I won't even have to worry because usually when we're just worrying about ourselves that's what happens when we turn it to someone else then that worry goes away go figure thank you for joining us on the go figure podcast if you learned something that will help your business or family take 30 seconds and give us a five star if we added value to your day then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the seven figures funding youtube channel If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.